opportunity. And 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 I I don't I I know you can't really like just set this aside, but like set the health concern aside. What you can't do that. I know, but I'm just saying set it aside for right now. <laughs> okay. How much would you okay. pay if you were given the opportunity? How much would you pay to be the only fan at one of these games? A dollar. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to pay a lot because part of what's fun is having the whole fan, the whole crowd there. If I'm there by myself, what if I like cheer for a fly ball? Yeah, and everyone's right. like, this fucking then idiot. They know it's like, you. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> everyone's in the players. You. The players are just like, this fucking idiot thought that was <laughs> yeah, a homer. Yeah, like, this fucking exactly. I'd be, I'd be too anxious and nervous to like actually cheer because I feel like I'm like, oh, God, everyone's watching me. Because they are. At least like if I was sitting maybe right behind home plate, I'm literally the only fan. Like People are going to be paying attention to that. Yeah, so... especially if it's on TV. The camera's going to – like anytime they need a fan reaction, they'd have to cut to you. And then you <laughs> just be – and they're on your option. phone or like shoving a hot dog yeah, down what your if face. i was in the bathroom and they were like fucking hey this guy missed the home run it's like god damn it so i wouldn't pay a lot of money because i feel like it would be too it would be very stressful for me <laughs> so a dollar sounds good i'd, I'd pay a dollar because <laughs> don't forget I'm, I'm still gonna have to i'm still gonna have to buy my own beer and my own hot dogs when i get there so <laughs> i was gonna say if the situation was you got to like be in the dugout or something cool and kind of unique. <laughs> then I'd pay a lot. I would never want to be in the dugout. Absolutely well, Sam, disgusting. they can't spit anymore, though. So do you think yeah. they're not going to spit? They're going to spit. They can't have not seeds. If I'm in there with is, my A Rod thinks that uh, not having <laughs> seeds is like uh, not having a computer at an office job. I mean, listen, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Yeah, As seeds whenever... are an essential part of. Being a baseball player. Yep. Take away their bats. Take away their gloves. Fine. You know what? They can still play. But take away their seeds. They're not going to be able to do their jobs. I am fully on A-Rod's side here. Well, it will definitely be interesting to see. I mean, some stadiums I've heard, like, are even talking about maybe having fans. There's no way. That's a whole other thing I don't even want to get into because with the owners being like, Oh no, we're not gonna make any money because we oh, can't sell tickets. No oh no! And then they're like, "Ah, oh, just kidding. Yeah, we're gonna let in some fans." Like immediately, off, like immediately, immediately after they got the deal, they're like, "Ah, but maybe fans, but maybe we don't have any money." Warner, I've known you now over three years, and I have never heard you use that voice before. <laughs> that was That's disturbing. My- that's my owner voice. That's my uh, that's my owner voice. Whenever I uh, that's how I imagine most baseball owners talk when they talk about their money. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, welcome everybody to one game at a time. This is the podcast where we tell the story of a single game from baseball's history. I'm Warner, and I'm joined uh, by my co-hosts Sam and Charlie. Hello, guys. Hello, hey. Hello. Said hello in Pig Latin. If you picked up on that. Oh, interesting. See, yeah, now, you know, we're we're into what episode eleven at this point. You know, our our we're finding our voices as hosts. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, it's pretty good stuff going on on this podcast. I'm against pig Latin. I have a f- fundamental problem with it. Charlie's anti pig Latin. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> That's fair. That I understand that. Seems this isn't racist. a political podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, uh, this week's game is, uh, well, was suggested by one of our listeners, Amar. So uh, thank you, Amar, if you're listening right now. We're about to do a game that we we hope you like. Um, yeah, thanks, Amar. Fa- this was a pleasure. This was yeah, a this really was a fun game. game. This was maybe my favorite game that we watched so far. Yeah, this one was great. Uh, before we get into the game, though, any other listeners out there, if you have suggestions for games like Amar did, uh, send us an email. We are uh, ogatpod at gmail.com or reach out on all the different social media platforms. We are ogatpod on all of those uh, and let us know what games you want us to do and maybe we'll do them. Um, also, our Patreon supporters will get priority in suggesting games. So if you go on there and you sign up to donate some money to us every month then you'll get top priority um so yeah check that out as well yeah and guys make sure you these suggestions are going to be coming into us fast and furious so 
you know, you're going to want to get that priority because otherwise it might be years by the time we get there. Exactly. That priority will be. I mean, our inbox is filling up already. Trust me. Believe (laughs) me. Okay. Yes. I wouldn't lie to you guys. Our inbox is flooded with suggestions. And you should see the names that are in that inbox. I'm talking former President Barack Obama. I'm talking WWE superstar John Cena. I'm talking Michael Jordan. I'm talking Michael B. Jordan. I think Pope Francis is somewhere down the list. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember seeing an email from the Pope and was like, oh, that's interesting. The, yeah. The Pope at sbcglobal.net. So interesting <laughs> that, that you know, we still got that email. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, send in your suggestions. Um, but what do you guys say we talk about uh, this game? Yeah, I'm excited. It was August 29th, 2018 and the 73-60 and 60 Milwaukee Brewers were at Great American Ballpark for a Wednesday night game against the 57-75 and 75 Cincinnati Reds. With a little over a month of baseball left to play, the Brewers currently sat at third in the National League Central, six games back from the first-place Cubs. After missing the playoffs by a single game in 2017, the Brewers had made a number of big off-season moves to bolster their roster in an effort to reach the postseason most notably trading for the 25-year-old Marlins outfielder, Christian Yelich. Those fucking Marlins, they don't like good players. We're having a fire sale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, uh, they, uh, well, uh, Sam's good buddy Jeter came in and just kind of, uh, he, he blew it all up. In uh, you know, to put it in maybe a more professional baseball term, uh, he blew it all up. <laughs> Look, Christian Yelich was a great player. But why would like money more than Yelich? You know what? That's fair. That's fair, Jeter. I'll give you that. You are an owner, uh, and as we know, you have one priority. Well, he just he just left and dove into a giant swimming pool full of dollar bills. He Scrooge McDuck in it? Oh my god, he's got paper cuts all over the pool. Oh my god! <laughs> Guys, Derek Jeter is dead. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> I guess we'll never hear him on this podcast again. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> All throughout uh, the world, our listeners are mourning the loss of Derek Jeter on the podcast. Well, before 2018, there was no doubt that Yelich was a good player. He received MVP votes and was a Silver Slugger in 2016 with the Marlins. But something had changed after he was traded to the Brewers. So far, he was hitting 310 with 25 home runs, 72 RBIs, and had been named an All-Star for the first time in his career. He'd gone from a fringe MVP candidate in 2016 to the front-runner for the award in 2018. On top of Yelich, the Brewers had also signed center fielder Lorenzo Cain on a five-year, $80 million contract and traded for a new third baseman, Mike Moustakis, at the deadline, all in the hopes that they'd be playing late into October. Yeah. And I'm sure those players love playing in that airport they got up in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, we're not even going to get into the stadium uh, because this game is at Great American Ballpark. But yeah, I think the Brewers Stadium is one of the... It looks like a convention center. It looks bad. It's just not good. The slide is cool, though. I kind of like it. Sure. The slide is fun, but I mean, I'm going to do my best to not shit on the Brewers uh, a lot because I think let me just say at the top, I think Christian Yelich is an awesome player. I think he's great. I only hate him when they're playing the Cubs. Uh, any other point during the season, I think he's awesome, and I love seeing what he's up to. But, yeah, but uh, you were saying before the podcast that you think Kyle Schwarber is better than Christian Yelich. I mean, listen to the names. Kyle Schwarber, Christian Ugh. Yelich. Ooh. Mm, Kyle Schwarber. Ugh. Schwarber sounds like he just... I, don't know. I love the name uh, Schwarber. I think it's a sounds like a, a sounds like the guy who bakes bread, and that's a bad thing. Wait, what? Oh, I guess Charlie hates bread. <laughs> Charlie Ooh. hates bread. I'm wow. keto. Charlie right? hates bread. Yeah. Okay. Those carbs get him away from me. I'm on that keto diet. <laughs> Charlie hates bakers. He looks down on baker. Who looks down on wow. bakers? I'm not saying. I just Charlie, not a, I can't not... believe Charlie hates bakers. Oh my goodness. I just don't want a baker playing baseball, you know? How do you feel about the butcher and the candlestick maker? Yeah. Are they named Schwarber? Schwarber like to me is more of a butcher name. To Maybe. me, I would think Schwarber is a butcher, not a baker. It's just, you got marbles in your mouth, 
my Schwarber. <laughs> Schwarber is going to be the best DH in the National League. Just watch. <laughs> well, anyways, the Reds were struggling as they sat dead last in the National League Central. Though their roster included a trio of all-stars in Scooter Jeanette, Eugenio Suarez, and Joey Votto, who wasn't playing tonight, their rotation left a lot to be desired, as they didn't have a single starter with a sub-4 ERA. Starting tonight for the Reds was Matt Harvey. After being drafted 7th overall by the Mets in 2010 and placing 4th in Cy Young voting in 2013, Harvey had helped lead New York to a pennant in 2015 following Tommy John's surgery. But in recent years, he'd seen a steep decline that culminated in an early season trade to the Reds, where he was now 6-5 and five with a 4.14 ERA. Matt Harvey was, a, like, there was a few years, like, like you have there, from 2010 to 2013, he was, like, a big star. Like, he was on, like, the, I remember him being, he was, like, on The Tonight Show. Like, I think part of that is he because he played for the Mets and stuff, but, like, there was a few years where he was, like, one of the bigger stars in the sport, and... Then he just disappeared because of the injuries, and it's sad. I mean, even the fact that he came back from TJ and was really good for another year, but then he just absolutely fell off a cliff, and I didn't even know he spent any time with the Reds until I watched this game. I, I, I know last year he got cut by the Angels, and when you know you're bad when the 2019 Angels don't even <laughs> want you pitching for them. Ooh, yeah. Um, also, Sam, just your mention of him being on the Tonight Show, I was just curious and looked it up. They did one of those things where yeah. Matt Harvey asks New Yorkers about Matt Harvey. And like people, the classic thing where people don't recognize him, even the guy wearing a Mets shirt, he's like, oh, what do you think about Matt Harvey? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, Harvey's a stud. And he's like, oh, yeah, you think so? And he's like, yeah, he's awesome. And he's like, I'm Matt Harvey. And the guy's like, what? I just think that's great because I think, I mean, He's a regular enough looking. He's not a very distinct looking dude. No, so he looks like any out, guy but... on the street. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, some of those early years. And then, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like you said, even the 2019 Angels wouldn't pitch him. Well, Harvey started off the game by giving up a pair of singles to Kane and Yelich, followed by a double from Travis Shaw that drove in the game's first run, making it Brewers 1, Reds 0. A few pitches later, Moustakis would ground out but drive in Yelich to score the second run before Harvey got out of the inning. The Brewers sent their starter, Freddie Peralta, to the mound for the bottom of the first. Peralta was 6-4 with a 4.02 ERA and started off against the base-stealing specialist Billy Hamilton, who did something he'd only done three times that year. And probably not going all that hard. And look at Billy Hamilton playing long ball to start it. Hamilton's 21st career home run made it Brewers 2, Reds 1. The remaining Reds would go down in order, though, to end the first. I just, it is so special what we just saw. Billy Hamilton has <laughs> over 3,000 career plate appearances and 21 homers. So what does that make? A less than 1% chance that we were going to see a Billy Hamilton home run, and we see it to lead off the game, basically? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Billy Hamilton awesome. home run is like seeing a shooting star. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what kind of yeah. wishes you guys made, but I made one. I can't say it though; then it won't come true. You wished for another Billy Hamilton home run, and it didn't come true. So <laughs> I did wish for another Billy Hamilton home run. There's like a chance. I don't think he's hit a home run since this home run. <laughs> really? That's like I mean, here, I'm saying something me, I'm not 100 percent sure of, well, but he did not hit a home run in 2019. Me. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Let's see. So 2019. This was his um, fourth yeah, homer of the year, right? A home run. His fourth of the year. Yeah, this is currently is the, the yeah. last home run Billy Hamilton has hit. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> well, after a rocky first inning, Harvey struck out two Brewers and only gave up a single to get through the top of the second. Harvey has good stuff. He's pretty fun to watch. He shows at several points throughout like his outing to, in this game that he, yeah, he still has the stuff to be an ace, but it's like, I don't know if it's just because of the injuries he doesn't have, like he just can't consistently bring it or if it's a mental thing. Like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like on a, on a raw level, he still got really good stuff. 
The Reds would tie it up at 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the second as Tucker Barnhart doubled then was driven in by Kurt Casale. After a scoreless third, Harvey showed flashes of his old self in the top of the fourth as he struck out the side. Then the Reds took the lead in the bottom of the fourth as Tucker Barnhart swung at the first pitch he saw. Pulled down the line. If it's fair, it's gone. It is off the fair pole of home run, Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart's having a pretty good game. Doubles in the second, scores a, gets, scores a run, and then hits a home run here in the fourth. Yeah, a solo shot that just clangs off the foul pole, making it 2-3. Yeah. to three. Yes. I think we should start well, calling it the fair pole. Yeah, they do say the fair pole in the sound effect. Um, fair like pole that. or foul pole? Are you a fair pole guy, Charlie? I don't know. I'd never really thought about it, but when he said that, I was like, that makes way more sense. It was like a <laughs> epiphany. My brain was like, it, it's in fair territory. Yeah. If it hits yeah, that, it's, it's still point. fair. So yeah, I think I'm a I'm a fair pole guy. It sounds weird. Kind of. Yeah, it sounds don't like weird. it when I say so, it, but <laughs> exactly. I like the idea. <laughs> Well, not to be outdone, the Brewers, who had homered in 20 straight games at Great American Ballpark and following a Lorenzo Cain single, added another to the tally, courtesy of Christian Yelich. National League batting title, and that one's driven deep right field, and Christian Yelich has done it again. A two-run home run for Yelich. The Brewers go back on top on Yelich's 26 home run of the season. Goodness, you believe it? This one almost hits the fair pole, too. Yeah, this home run. Oh, baby. Just a beautiful swing leads to a big ding-dong. I didn't even go back and watch <laughs> it right now when we're recording, but just talking about it, I got goosebumps thinking about this home run. Then when they <laughs> do slow motion one. on him, and you watch his eyes as they're tracking the ball off the bat, just light, yeah. he like gets yeah. this look on his face where he's just like, I am the fucking man. <laughs> I mean, he is. He's uh, this home run makes him three for three so far, and it's the fourth, fifth inning, fifth inning. Yeah, and, and he's he already hits, three for three. <laughs> he hit thirty six uh, in this year, twenty eighteen, and then he hit forty four last year in twenty nineteen. That's eighty home runs I think in two he's years. Hit fifty he is, this year. He is a slight, slender man. He's six three, one ninety five. Like he's so skinny. He looks yeah. like. I mean, yeah. it's. It's a joke that people say, but he looks like Pete Davidson. That's not really untrue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can just see in his swing, though, he like, he'll like he kind of like curl his body up like a spring and then just unload. I mean, his whole swing is a thing of beauty. You can see how he, got, how he has that much power. Yeah, it's all... Hit. I mean, it's all just... He has a great swing with all bat speed and launch angle and that's how he just gets it out of the park and it's it's really impressive well the brewers had retaken the lead four to three but they weren't done yet the next three batters shaw braun and moustakis all singled to drive in another run and bring about an end to matt harvey's day he'd thrown 78 pitches through four innings giving up 11 hits and four runs while striking out six yep big dinger to yelich and out three singles that's rough. Yeah, that's uh, not what you want if you're Matt Harvey. Harvey was replaced by Sal Romano, a former starter who'd been relegated to a bullpen arm less than a week ago, and he was able to escape the jam, due in large part to some nice fielding from his third baseman, Eugenio Suarez, who cut down a runner at home and made a nice sliding stop and backhanded throw for another out. I feel like if they made... I feel like Sal Romano is the like the mob boss in a really shitty mafia movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm pretty, when I heard the name Sal Romano, I had to go double check to see that that wasn't a name in some <laughs> mob movie because I was positive. I'm it was. shocked Paul Sorvino has not played someone named Sal Romano. <laughs> <laughs> After Freddie Peralta walked Dilson Herrera in the bottom of the fifth and gave up a single to Billy Hamilton, Brewers manager Craig Council made a call to the bullpen for their shutdown reliever, Josh Hader. Through 65 and a third innings, Hader had a 1.52 ERA and 113 strikeouts. Hader's in the middle of one of the best reliever seasons we've ever seen. And he's not a closer. He is like, 
you know, I guess what you'd say a middle reliever, but for me, I don't understand why he's coming in this early in the game, in the fifth inning. That's really weird. Charlie, do you know why this is, like, why he might be coming in in the fifth inning? I think it's strange, a strange call, if you're thinking about the normal way that managers use relievers, but Council kind of has this reputation, I feel like, of wanting to use his best reliever or who he thinks is like, you know, his shutdown reliever and Hader obviously is that in what he thinks is the highest leverage. So at this point, the game's been tied up. It's been back and forth. Now there's two runners on and he doesn't want them to score. He wants, you know, in his mind, I think he's thinking that this is the game right here. So he's going to bring in Hader, but it just seems like not, I don't know. It just seems early. Seems like there's still half the game left, and it's been so back and forth. It seems like he made a move based on, I don't know, like what his perception of the leverage was. So, 65 and a third innings, and he's got 113 strikeouts. That's like 16, 17 strikeouts per nine. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's I mean, like almost two strikeouts an inning. Like, he is ridiculous. Yeah, so you think about that and you say, well, there's two runners on, but Hader's just going to strike everybody out and they're not going to score. So I kind of get the reasoning for this here, but I just don't know if this really is the highest leverage point in this game to use your best guy like that. I don't know. It seemed weird to me. And Hader is like, this is August 2018. Hader right now is in the shadow of a huge controversy where everyone found out that he's actually a racist Oh, that's true. That was like right. <laughs> that was like right before this game, wasn't? Or like not right. I mean, before. it was no, like was about during a month the All-Star before the game, game, right? Yeah, it was like during the All Star yeah. game. I thought. Oh, the, that's the right. Came out it was literally during the All Star game. It was like he was pitching, and then like Nelson Cruz, I think, was in the dugout with another player who I can't remember, and they were both looking at the tweets. And, like, you could see on their faces, they were like, this, are you fucking kidding there me? There were fans like, throughout the stands guy. that, like, as they got the news on their phones, turn, like, like uh, there were fans who turned their jerseys and jerseys inside out because they didn't want people to see that they were wearing hater shirts. No, Sam, not even just fans. His family. Literally, his family. His family oh that God. was there wow. and was wearing hater jerseys. Whether they turned them inside out or like people there gave them just blank shirts and jerseys like that. I mean, a yeah, fuck hater. He's <laughs> yeah. a great reliever, but at the end of the day, dude's a fucking asshole. And oh, uh, Hall of Shame. Oh, get Hall of Shame. Official Hall induction. Of shame. Josh yep. Hader. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just I love to see Hater get lit up. Uh, just whenever that happens, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> well, with two runners on. Scooter Jeanette came up big with a long double that tied it up at 5-5. Five to five. Oh, there but we go. But yeah, here we go, baby. They tied it up. They tied, tied it, it up, up on Hader. He's already lost the hold or whatever. But it wouldn't stay tied for long as Eugenio Suarez got his third chance at the plate. This ball's in the air and well hit. It'll back up Yelich and it's gone! This is great. <laughs> Council brings in Hater. He's like, all right, I'm bringing him in now. I know it might seem a little weird to the fans. It's a little early, but he's our shutdown guy. He's going to shut this down. Yeah. <laughs> and Suarez yeah. is like, nah, fuck not, you, dude. Not today. <laughs> uh, yeah, Suarez is great. Um, in 20, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll cover one of these games or something in the future, but he hit what is it, four home runs in four straight games in 2019. Uh, yeah, Suarez is a... Did he really? Of, yeah, he hit four home runs Aquino in four straight like, games. And then Aquino did, like, Aquino hit, like, eight home runs no, or something. Aquino no, we don't need to talk about that, because he hit at least seven of them against the Cubs. We don't need to <laughs> yeah, talk about that. We do need to talk about that. He <laughs> no, please. destroyed you guys. Yeah. Aristide is Aquino with the best batting stance in baseball. I love his batting stance. <laughs> I, I love his batting stance. Um, yeah, anyways, the Reds have some real mashers. <laughs> Eugenio Suarez is definitely one of them. Uh, it's a lot of fun to see his home run here. Well, his 30th home run of the season had made it Brewers 5, Reds 7. With the bases finally empty, Hader was able to finish the fifth as he got the next two Reds to ground out. Hey, Hader did a good job. He came in and emptied the bases. <laughs> yeah, he did it, you know. With no one on base, he was great. He threw like four or five pitches to get through the two Reds batters. All right, okay. 
Well, the Reds sent their two-way player, Michael Lorenzen, to the mound in the sixth. In 35 games, he had a 2.98 ERA and 38 strikeouts, but committed an error that saw Orlando Arcia reach first safely, then gave up a double to Yelich, followed by a sack fly from Travis Shaw that cut the Brewers' deficit to one. Lorenzen, like, is struggling a little bit here on the mound, but, like, overall, he is a good pitcher, and he's one of the more fun guys in baseball because, like you said, he is a two-way player. They play him Mm. all over the field. Yeah, Um, they play him in the outfield a lot, too. So, like, Shohei has never played the field. He's only DH'd in pitch, whereas, like, Lorenzen, they use him in the outfield. They use him as a pinch runner. They use him as a pinch hitter. Uh, he played, he mm. could play basically everything. Um, and that's really fun and it helps them in, in a lot of situations too. But yeah, here he's, he's, he's getting off to a bit of a, a struggling start. With Shohei, it is interesting too, because Lorenzen is a reliever. Shohei being a starter, you're kind of limited to how you can use him in a way because they do the whole, you know, whatever every he's kind of their sixth guy in the rotation and then they have to give him an off day before and after i wonder it just makes me wonder if shohei was a reliever maybe we would see him in the field more who knows yeah and another thing about michael lorenzen is that his right arm is just gargantuan <laughs> compared to especially compared to his left arm which his left arm is definitely big i would say yeah. his left arm is probably one of the bigger arms just in the human population but sure that right arm is ridiculous ridiculous and it's got the disparity of like a 13 year old who just got their friend's brazzers account it is ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's borderline <laughs> grotesque it's a little we'll make sure to post a picture um so all all of uh, our listeners out there you and can, if you uh, have a brazzers password account account password you know share that hit with us in the dms <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Reds started off the bottom of the sixth with a walk and a single, which knocked Hayter out of the game. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Hayter. Okay. He'd thrown two-thirds of an inning, allowing four hits and two runs. I just, you love to see it. You love to see that line I wonder if this Hayter. was, like, I wonder how many, like, bad outings he actually had that season because. I, yeah. I don't know it in terms of 2018. He just could not have had. This had to have been his best his worst outing of the whole season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he didn't even get a full inning, just two-thirds. Well, replacing Hayter was Taylor Williams, who faced the last innings pitcher, Michael Lorenzen. With two runners on, Lorenzen was looking to bunt. It was almost called out on strikes as the fourth pitch ricocheted off his bat while he dodged an inside pitch, but the umpires decided it was not a bunt as he was pulling the bat back, setting him up, for this. You gotta be kidding me. His third home run against the Brewers this season. Who needs the stinking butt? Lorenzen's deep drive made a Brewers 6, Reds 10, with two more runs being attributed to Hayter. In four at bats against the Brewers this season, Lorenzen had hit three home runs and collected eight RBIs. I mean, that's just what I said about why a guy like Lorenzen is helpful um, because you can leave him in the game. You don't have to pinch hit for him. And then he could do something special like this, like hit an absolute bomb, which makes me wonder why they were trying to bunt with him in the first place. Yeah, let's start there. So he's up and he's bunting. He's showing bunt. Charlie, he gets the two strikes. And then why don't you try to explain a little more? The bunt sign was still on. That's my biggest question. With two strikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with two strikes. With Lorenzen, that like another pitcher or any other pitcher, sure, whatever, who knows? I mean, pitchers suck at hitting, so you just <laughs> let him bunt. But it's Lorenzen, and he's done this to the Brewers already. You know he can do this. So just more questionable managing, not from Craig Council this time, but just <laughs> I don't understand why the bunt sign was on with two strikes. Then the pitch way inside uh, Lorenzen tries to get out of the way and he wasn't in my opinion watching it it didn't look like he was pulling the bat back at all he was pulling his whole body back to not get smacked in the yeah. face with this pitch yeah I think this and was a bad call then it just happened to hit the bat and the ump's like well it's a foul not a you know not a foul bunt it was a regular foul ball because he pulled the bat back but 
he was pulling it back to get out of the way. So And then your buddy, Craig Council, comes roaring out of the dugout. <laughs> yeah, this is where Craig Council comes in and it's like he's mad, but you know, what can he do at this point? It's not like it's reviewable. Yeah. He's asking the umps, you know, just go ask the other ump. What did they see? And of course the home plate ump is like, Well, no. I'm in charge here, not you. Yeah, so it's a it's a tough call. It's a weird play. I've never seen this happen before. A guy sh- showing bunt, but then the pitch comes inside, and I mean, like he is dodging out of the way, but it is hard to tell. At what point is he pulling the bat back, and then at what point is he just like Charlie said, moving his whole body? So I just it is. I could see how as an umpire, this is confusing. <laughs> like, I I don't. He's not moving the bat back, and I'll tell you why because his arms don't move. His right. arms stay in the same exactly. position they're in the entire time. It's his back and his legs that move. Yeah, he does but, the kind of because he's in the in the crouch to get a bunt, and then he kind of foot does the like diving back thing, but his arms stay right where they were. So mm, he right. pulls his arms in as he starts to go back. To be fair, I'm watching it again. It is very it is a very judgment call thing. Uh, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. I'm in between to be honest. Either um, way, it was a lucky but, break. Yeah. It was a lucky break, 100%, whether you because think now, it should suddenly. have been foul or should have been not. But then very next pitch, he clobbers one yeah. to left. And now game I don't know how Council is even open. still in this game. I mean, they no. shot, showed a shot of him in the dugout, and he was, like, being kind of stoic and, like, whatever. I already went and said my piece and argued. But yeah. after he homers, I would have gone out there and just got tossed. There's no way I would have <laughs> nailed the whole like mic I feel like even composure. if Craig Council – came out and like was super angry and and violent like he is probably he's probably the not violent in like actual yeah, I know. violent but Craig I mean, like, Council just goes like, out and sucker punches and up. <laughs> I bet he's like the hardest manager to 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 get tossed because you just don't you just don't take him seriously in that way you know you not not that you don't take him seriously yeah. as like a baseball mind or a good baseball manager but you don't take him seriously as like an angry guy he's just he's just that's not yeah. him you know it's like Oh, Craig, yeah. I can't, if sta- it was I me, can't though, stay mad at you. That ump's shoes would have been dirty. He would have had some <laughs> dirty shoes if I was Craig Council. After Lorenzen's three-run blast, Billy Hamilton's fine night continued in the sixth with another single, but he'd get caught stealing after a strike-em-out, throw-em-out double play finally ended the inning. Lorenzen stayed in for the seventh, but all the work he'd done last inning was washed away when Jonathan Scope hit a deep drive to center that put the Brewers back in striking distance. There's just so many dingers in this game. Well, with the score now 8-10, to 10, Lorenzen got the hook and was replaced by David Hernandez, who got two outs but also put a runner on first when he hit Manny Pena in the face with a high and tight fastball. All right, I was man. waiting for benches to clear here. I thought tensions oh. were high. I mean, they had the... That's a rough one. Inside pitch that almost hit Lorenzen... And now this. Yeah, and Amir Garrett is over there sitting on the Reds bench. So <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. If anyone's going to start a, a, a huge brawl, we know that Amir Garrett <laughs> has that that penchant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Pena gets also taken out of the game. Um, he got a bloody oh, yeah. lip, I think, he from got, this. He got so hit then the, right in the jaw. Yeah, so then they've got uh, – Brewers now have backup catcher Eric Kratz uh, on first. Eric Kratz. Eric Kratz <laughs> is the baker. Yeah, Schwarber's the fair. butcher. Eric Kratz is the baker. <laughs> that's okay, fair. Who's the candlestick maker then? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, the top of the order came around, and Lorenzo Cain doubled to left field, driving in another run and making it Brewers 9, Reds 10. I love Lorenzo Cain. He's had a pretty good game today, too. It's yeah, been fun. Yeah, he's had a good game at the top, top of the order. Then came Christian Yelich, who was only a triple away from hitting for the cycle. And on the second pitch, he drove one to right center. Drives one right center field. That's going to get down. We are tied at 10 as Yelich is on his way to second. Makes the turn. On his way to third. It'll be a triple for Yelich. The cycle for Christian Yelich. A five-hit game. This one ties it at 10. (laughs) Amazing, huh? This guy, what more Yelich's triple had tied it up at 10 to 10. He was the first Brewer to hit for the cycle since George Kataris in 2011. Is George Hernan- Kataris the candlestick maker? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. 
Hernandez would escape the inning, though, on a broken bat pop-up from Ryan Braun for the third out. Uh, one of the things I love about the cycle is, like, it always seems like it just kind of, like, happens. Like, it, it always there's always seems like a moment like, oh, shit, well, uh, he just hit for the cycle. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just kind of sneaks up on you. Some, I mean, yeah, not always, but sometimes it just kind of sneaks up on you. And Especially when the triple is the last one. It's because everyone's like, ah, the triple's not going to happen, so we're not going <laughs> to say, like, he's a triple away from the cycle because that's the hardest one. Exactly. And then he did it. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, I think Yelich is the most fun player in baseball. He's not quite as good as Trout, but he's damn close. And he's, like you said, Sam, his game is just so crisp. Like, he can do everything, and he does it with a lot of passion that you see. Like, on this, when he's legging out this triple, and he slides in well ahead of the throw, he kind of just, like gets up and has this big smile like he looked like a kid playing little league almost you know like Mm -hmm. he was like yeah can you believe i just did that you know that was awesome and there's something about like watching that like gumby frame do it and it's like (laughs) it's like looking at like a a stick figure in like a flip book you know just playing baseball like, like i drew when i was a kid it's just fun it's just fun to watch this lanky skinny guy hit bombs and and get extra bases and and make plays all over the field like i just yelich is really fun well the reds would almost break the tie in the bottom of the seventh as they drew two walks then kurt casali singled and suarez dug for home but the new left fielder and man of the night christian yelich had other ideas two outs and a line shot left field down for a hit yelich comes up throwing throw to the plate is caught the tag he is out what a play by Yelich, having the game of his life here in Cincinnati. Jesus Christ. I mean, they He's just put him done. over in left field. They move him over to left field, and then he makes this play. Just ridiculous. I, I have nothing else to say. Just ridiculous, yeah, Christian It's Yelich. amazing. It's a great play. I love seeing these uh, outs at home from the outfield. They're so exciting to watch. And just like we were just saying, it's every part of his game is smooth smooth Mm -hmm. he didn't look like he was even really trying super hard on this throw but it was a bullet it was right on the money love it well the brewers would do what the reds couldn't in the top of the eighth as mike moustakas hit a no doubter to right that broke the tie and made it brewers 11 reds 10 after hernandez gave up another single jared hughes would replace him and get out of the inning with a double play and strikeout well joaquin soria took over for the brewers in the bottom of the eighth but hamilton hit his third single of the night and would eventually score on a wild pitch that tied it up at 11-11. to Make a wish. Hamilton is keeping the Reds in this. Yeah, he's having a great night. Third single, fourth hit after his home run. Um, he's having a great night. In the top of the ninth, Christian Yelich collected his sixth hit on an infield single off Reds, clo- off Reds closer Rysel Iglesias, becoming the first player with a six-hit cycle since Ian Kinsler in 2009 but the Brewers couldn't score him, leaving the game tied. In the bottom of the ninth, the Reds drew two walks against Brewers closer Jeremy Jeffress, but a strikeout and lineout left it tied as the game went into extra innings. Free baseball. Iglesias went back out for the 10th, but Jesus Aguilar, who had taken over at first base last inning, hit a towering blast to dead center field. Straight away center field, Hamilton drifting back, bye-bye. Holy Moses. Wow. Jesus Aguilar. He looked like he hit that with one arm. And it went into the camera This one goes into the camera well. I love when this stuff happens. He hit it so fucking high. Way up there. Yeah, it was such an angle. It wasn't like it was a straight shot into the bullet into the camera wall. It went so high and then came down on just the perfect angle. And you could see for a split second, it goes into the camera wall and starts bouncing around just like a bullet ricocheting inside. I'd be terrified if I was the cameraman inside that room as that ball yeah. comes in and just starts wreaking havoc. <laughs> yeah, the camera guy just saw it go up and was like, eh, it's, that's gone somewhere. And then, boom. <laughs> He probably thought it was a pop fly, like a fly out to center field. That's what I thought when it came off the bat. It went so high. Yeah, that's That thing's true. usually not going to leave the stadium. Yeah. And then, wow. It lift, like a, left by a ways. Yeah. It was Brewers 12, Reds 11. 
Jackson Stevens would replace Iglesias and, after striking out two Brewers, gave up a double to Hernan Perez and singled to Eric Kratz that scored another run, but Kratz was thrown out as he tried for second. Tried is an extremely generous way to put what <laughs> yes, he was <yeah>. doing. <laughs> he was uh, walking to second, maybe? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kratz is like, oh, I got to go back to the dugout, put my catcher gear on. I don't have time to be on base. <laughs> Yeah, but not what you expect to see from like a bench player who's trying to prove <laughs> that he's worthy of being in the lineup, getting thrown out when he had, he should have been at second. He had no business getting thrown out there. He didn't even slide. He didn't even try. It's, uh, I think he was tired. He stayed up too late playing Call of Duty the night before. <laughs> yeah, and then came into the game in what the seventh or eighth yeah. inning and was already too tired. Yeah, he thought it was going to be his day off. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> He wasn't ready for this. He didn't ask for all this. He scored the run. He wasn't up late playing Call of Duty. He was up late baking bread. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, with the score 13-11, to 11, the Reds were facing their last chance in the bottom of the 10th. The rookie left fielder and late-inning replacement Brandon Dixon led off and on the fourth pitch connected on an inside fastball. This ball's clobbered a ton, and the Reds are within a run. That's as far as Aguilar hit is. Farther. This is just a back and forth, like just home runs <laughs> home all run, over the run, place. Home run. This game's yeah. never going to end. It's never going to end. <laughs> Dixon's late inning blast put the Reds one run behind, and two outs later, their best power hitter, Eugenio Suarez, got another chance at the plate. Yeah. Charlie said in the notes that we have that he was like, this is the guy you want for the Reds up here. If anyone can hit a solo shot right here to tie it, anyone on this roster, it's Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. And he'd already driven in two tonight off the back of his home run in the fifth. And on the fourth pitch, he smacked one to the third base side. Hot smash, diving play by Moustakis. And that's the old ball game. The Brewers win it by a final. The final score was Brewers 13, Reds 12. After a 10-inning game that saw 25 runs scored and 36 combined hits, Jeremy Dreffers got the win, while Rysiel Iglesias took the loss. After coming back for the win that night, the Brewers would go 22-7 over the next month, including an eight-game winning streak, as they fought their way into a tie for first place in the division. It would all come down to a game 163 tiebreaker with the Cubs that they won 3-1 which sent them to the postseason for the first time since 2011. Look at that, last Brewers cycle, 2011. And then... First time back in the postseason. First time back in the postseason. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, it's, and uh, it's all those sign. moves they made, you know, they paid off. Again, His better pay off I mean, in the it, world, getting a World Series, but they were able to compete with the Cubs, who, you know, have an insane yeah. roster of their own. So that was Yeah, I mean, Cubs are having... Pretty good 2018. They kind of collapsed in the last month while the Brewers went on a really great hot streak, which, like, that's all you need. That last month of the season is sometimes all you need, and they definitely pulled it together here. Well, the Brewers would sweep the Rockies in the NLDS, but would ultimately fall to the Dodgers in the NLCS four games to three. Fucking Dodgers just making it to the World Series every year and then losing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the NLCS was so much more exciting than the... World Series in 2018, I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a bad was World Series. Awesome. Even though a lot of the games were exciting games, especially the 18 inning sure. marathon. That's obviously yeah. not what we're talking about, but I, but that I was a really game. good NLCS. Belly versus Yelly. Belly versus Yelly. Oh yeah, Belly or Yelly. That's probably the most fun storyline we have in baseball today. Mm-hmm. Is like the two young Belly, obviously a lot younger than Yelich, but like still. The two young superstars over in the NL, they're just competing for the MVP every year, Belly and Yelly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll cover maybe even one of these NLCS games in the future, because um, I would love to talk about Belly versus Yelly in a whole episode. <laughs> After his breakout season, Christian Yelich collected his first batting title and would be named the 2018 National League MVP. He'd also hit for the cycle again almost three weeks later against these very same Reds, becoming the only player in Major League history to hit for the cycle twice in the same season against the same team. That's nuts. That's that's, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't think anybody was watching this game and being like, oh, that was a fluke. But if there was one person out there who was like, oh, that was a fluke, his second cycle 
I think it was 20 <laughs> days later against the Reds. Better have shut up that single person. <laughs> and with Yelich, uh, he won the MVP in 2018. And like we just said, Belly and Yelly in 2019. If Yelich doesn't get injured at the end of 2019, there's a, uh, you know, there's a good yeah. chance he wins that second MVP in a row. His his numbers were wild. He was so good yeah. until that injury. Yeah, I mean, he came second, oh, so I think uh, he definitely had a shot for back to back MVPs. That would have been pretty awesome to see. Not to take anything away from no. Bellinger. Bellinger had a great year and maybe would have won it either way. We don't know, but Yelich, Yelich could have played that last month and had a, a terrific month and 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 stole yeah. the award i mean it was a close vote as well um yeah it was, it really was close. that was a fun end of the season storyline to follow just they were both so good all year and it was a bummer that he got hurt and then that kind of just was like well i guess bellinger is gonna get it you yeah. know yeah it's a bummer Even if it was close in the that. voting it was like well the narrative just goes out you know yeah. for him when he doesn't play yeah, yeah. we're all about the stories yeah, that was in the narratives on this podcast <laughs> so well the reds would finish dead last in the division but recent additions to the rotation the emergence of new mashers in the lineup and some great off-season moves could see the reds ready to compete in the near future on august 29th 2018 players like billy hamilton and mike mustakas had games to remember but the night belonged solely to christian yelich he was a beast. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's beast. no other way to say it. He made me fall like in love with him in this game because I don't see I, I will be this year, but like I I don't see the Brewers as much as I see like AL teams, mm-hmm. so, like Trout and Betts, like uh, you know, and like Bregman and stuff. I see those guys all the time because I'm an AL fan. And like Bellinger I see all the time too because I live in LA usually and the Dodgers are kind of like a national brand whereas like the brewers are more of a small market team and i don't see a lot of nl teams so, like yelich obviously i know is amazing i've seen games and highlights and stuff but like watching this game was truly like oh man this guy i get it now like i really get it oh yeah and he also i mean we should maybe wrap it up he signed a massive extension with the brewers um that, yep. that's the thing here's the thing is that that extension was not massive like he got way undervalued there. Sure. He could have got a lot more money. Yeah. And I wonder if the Marlins look at that. Because remember, the Marlins had him. They had two MVPs in a row famously. They had a bunch of All-Stars on the team that they all let get away before they really became All-Stars. And I wonder if they look at the deal that Yelich signed and they're like, well, we could have afforded it. Yeah, like, yeah. And I guess I say massive because it's a 10-year deal. Um, yeah, so it's, that's it's a like, long, it's a long deal, deal. Yeah, yeah. But it's you're right. It's not so. enough money for yeah, him. Yeah. I, I wonder if the I, I really do. I wonder if the Marlins are like, well, if we knew he was gonna be a MVP, <laughs> we could afford that. Like we could like we couldn't afford the Stanton. Like I don't think they regret Stanton because one, Stanton has just had injury problems since he left, and two, they just couldn't afford that deal. Mm-hmm. Like they, they signed that huge deal knowing they weren't gonna be able to afford it. They shipped him as soon as they could. And but with Yelich, I think they're like, Well, yeah, we could have afforded that guy. We should not have let him. Charlie, that. any final thoughts on Christian Yelich? Uh, he's the reason why the Brewers are my like NL team that I love. It's nice that I'm close. Like that's kind of fun too. But I don't really like. Like I hate all the other Wisconsin sports. Yeah, it's teams. pretty rare that Minnesota. We've got a Minnesota sports fan liking a Wisconsin team. Christian Yelich yeah, will I do mean, that. The fact that they're not. The fact that the Twins and Brewers aren't in the same division it helps. Yeah. <laughs> at this point helps so it's fun when they get to have the border battle and i don't mind watching yelich beat up on the (laughs) twins because he's just fun to watch and he doesn't get a chance to beat up on the twins all that often so it's kind of fun when that does happen (laughs) so well i like their brewers are my nl team and it's Pretty much all because of Yelich sure. and Kane. I like Lorenzo yeah. Kane too. Well, I think uh, about six months from now, you guys are going to learn to be terribly afraid of Christian Yelich like I have been after he yeah, massacres I'm not your like teams. It as much. <laughs> I'm not going to like it as much this season. No, 2020, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to get to see what Christian Yelich does in 2020. Yeah, he might have a 2020 season. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> All right. Should we do some extra innings? All right. Yes, let's do some extra innings. I have a game uh, for you, Sam, boys. You have a game. I believe that Charlie uh, 
that Charlie described this game as being reminiscent of. Name that Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm going to give you a mystery baseball player. I'm going to tell you some facts about him, one at a time. And the first person to get the player right gets a point. All right. Name this Pokemon or baseball player. <laughs> and these are all guys that have hit for the cycle. Oh, yeah, right? of course. Making sure. The reason this Did ties you say in, that? these are all guys that have hit <laughs> for the cycle. Now he said it. Now he said it. Okay, let's play. So you guys are going to get one guess per clue. And our first player with our first clue is that this mystery player played his career in the National League. I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. Warner? Um, uh, Nolan Arenado. It is neither Nolan Arenado okay. or Christian Yelich. This player is a shortstop. Um, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't have a guess. I'm fine for the next question unless Charlie yeah, wants I'm to guess I'm going to pass one. and go to the next one, too. This member, this mystery player is a member of Cooperstown's Baseball Hall of Fame. Hmm. He's a National okay, so League shortstop enshrined in Cooperstown. Um, hit for the cycle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Let's say Robin Yount. Didn't he spend his whole career with the Brewers? He did spend his whole career with the Brewers. And is it him? He did play some shortstop, and he is a Hall is of Famer. Him? Is it him? But it is not Robin Yount. Damn. Okay. Charlie. No, I don't. I don't have a guess yet. He is a member. This mystery player is a member of the famous 3,000 Hits Club. Pete Rose? Is Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, Warner? Oh, no, duh. I <laughs> forgot about the Hall of Fame question. <laughs> okay, nope. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. Also, then, I don't think Pete Rose played much shortstop. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of guys with a lot of hits that could also hit for the cycle. Anyways, That's a, yeah. the sh- I'm trying guess. to think of shortstops. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel my next clue might give it away. Are you guys ready? Okay. Whoever can answer, you know, first. Yeah. He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I guess it didn't give it away. Well, my next clue really should give it away. Are you guys ready? (laughs) Okay. He was nicknamed the Flying Dutchman. Is it? Oh, it's it's, it's Honus (laughs) Wagner. It is Honus Wagner. The Flying Dutchman. That's nice. right. All right. Who hit the cycle Good on job. August 22nd, 1912, playing the New York Giants. All right, let's move on to our next mystery cycle hitter. Our first clue is that he was a three-time MVP and a nine-time World Series champion. Any guesses off that? Nine? Nine-time nine World Series wow. champion, three-time MVP. If we don't have any guesses, I'm going to be moving on to my next clue. Our mystery hitter was married to a movie star. Oh, Joe DiMaggio. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Warner is correct. Warner's on the board one to one. Honus Wagner, Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio, famously married to movie star Marilyn Monroe. And he hit his cycle on July 9th, 1937 against the Washington Senators. And then did it again, May 20th, 1948, against the Chicago White Sox. Our third mystery guy, our first guest for this mystery hitter, who hit the cycle, he played for two teams that currently sit in the National League Central Division. He was a two-time World Series champion. Any guesses yet? No, not, not for me. Nope. He led the league in stolen bases eight separate times. Ricky Henderson? No. No? He probably led more times, right? Probably. I do not know. But it was a good guess, but it was not Ricky Henderson. He led, I'm sure Ricky Henderson led at least eight times. But yeah, he don't. Uh, anyways, I don't know. Charlie? Throw one I out guess. there. Um, two nationally. Uh, no, I don't have a guess yet. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And another member of that honored 3,000 hit club. And another clue, should be our final clue, he held the stolen base record, the all-time stolen base record, until Ricky Henderson broke it. So he is second all-time in stolen bases. 
Oh, oh, I know this. Second all-time in stolen bases. It's, uh... It's not Billy Hamilton. No. <laughs> he is a Cardinals legend. Oh, it's, um... It's Lou Brock, right? It is Lou Brock. Okay. Two to oh, one. That took me way longer than it should have. I was sitting there, I was like, I'm, I thought it was Billy Ham. I didn't actually remember that Lou Brock had more than Billy Hamilton. The other Billy, the original Billy Hamilton, not, not the red. Yeah, Billy yeah, yeah. That is that is fun, is that there's like two Billy Hamiltons who are both great base stealers. That's, his name is just in my head, and I was like, I don't know if it's him, and, but... Lou Brock hit his cycle May 27, 1975, against the San Diego Padres. Our All next right. player, we've got two more. This guy played 1,989 games at second base and 428 games at catcher. He spent his entire career with one single NL team. No guesses yet for me. Nope, nope, yeah. He has been nicknamed the King of Hits Batman, and he is the he has the most hit by pitches in the modern era. Oh man. The king of He was a member of the Killer Bees Houston Astros teams. Jeff Bagwell? No, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, he didn't play. I don't know. I forget about the old earlier clues. I get stuck on the old, like recent clues. <laughs> he currently has a son who plays in the AL East. Oh, uh, Biggio, right? Yes. Yeah. Craig Biggio. Oh, Biggio. Craig Biggio, most hit by pitches in the modern era. I did not know that. Wow. I did. Yeah, I did not know that either. Good for good for him. <laughs> he hit for his cycle April eighth, two thousand and two, against the Colorado Rockies. Didn't uh, his son hit for a cycle too? Kevin Biggio is the last player to hit for the cycle who did it on September seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Did we just? I, did we? Did Charlie just preemptively answer? No, but that would have been actually a good idea. I was really hoping it, it was. That would have been really great. That would have been funny. I would have accepted that. I would have been like, all right, all right, Charlie won. I didn't remember he got the last one that's happened, but I thought I remember him getting one last year. That's cool. Father-son. Our final cycle. player. It's two to two. Three-time AL MVP. He played 1,194 games at shortstop, and 1,272 games at third base. Alex Rodriguez? Alex Rodriguez is correct. Nice. All right. Warner, you win three to two. You are the, Close game, Charlie. the champion. And Alex Rodriguez, famous for saying that <laughs> sunflower seeds are as necessary as a work computer, hit his cycle on June 5th, 1997 against the Detroit Tigers. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to One Game at a Time. We hope you enjoyed this episode about Christian Yelich. Uh, we know we did. Uh, email us at ogappod at gmail.com if you have game suggestions, because as we said, this game was brought to us by a listener, Amar, and we would love to uh, get your suggestions as well. Uh, we've got new episodes every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends about us. We're on all the podcast platforms. And make sure to subscribe, rate, review. That really helps get our show out there so more people can find it, especially as baseball is coming back and more people are looking for content to listen to. Uh, also follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We are at OgatPod on all of those. And finally, we are on Patreon too. So check that out if you want to support the show. We've got some tiers on there with some fun rewards. And we're also shouting out new supporters at the end of our episodes, uh, which we're going to do right now. So yeah, shout out to Charles. Uh, he Not our Charles, Charlie. A different Charles, who is our first Patreon supporter. Oh, good uh, name. So thank you. Good name. Yeah, great name. Thank you, Charles. Uh, we appreciate it. And if anyone else wants to get their name shouted out, or maybe their Patreon username, we will, you know, shout them out with maybe a few exceptions uh, on the show. And and Warner, <laughs> you're going to be using the Patreon money that comes in and, and that, that $10 that we're getting already, you're going to be using that to fund uh, the appeal case to get Bernie Madoff out of prison, right? <laughs> sure. Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> I just right. know you're well, passionate thanks, about everybody. that. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.